0: Happy Independence Day. It's nice to look around and see that red, white, and blue seem to be popular colors today. <laughs> some, some shirts I have to just kind of wait until it's appropriate time to wear them, and this seemed to be one of those. I, I, I just want to highlight one of the things that Pastor Pablo brought up, and that was thanking you for the investment that you made in our community. Um, it was, it was amazing to watch as people came through and, and the number of people that came through and said, hey, can we give you money for this? And we're saying, no, this is a gift from our church to our community. We just want you to be blessed and um, we were able to do that. We had some marvelous conversations with a number of different people and it was a a wonderful day for us to take what God is doing here and get outside the walls where the community is and reach them with the love of Jesus. So thank you for all of your participation. Some of us were not very wise. I forgot a hat. And so what you are seeing here today is a brand new forehead. Uh, because about Wednesday, my old forehead fell off in pieces. Um, And it just kind of flaked away, and we won't talk about what's happening on the top of my head, but I have a brand-new baby-bottom forehead, and I'm rather thankful for that, and we'll hope that the wrinkles just disappear with that. But uh, you're supposed to get wiser as you get older, some of us are living examples that chronological age and wisdom do not necessarily match, but uh, hopefully we get smarter as we go along. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Doug Dement, and uh, for those of you joining us online, uh, I have the wonderful privilege of serving as the lead pastor of this church, and we're grateful that you're with us today in person and online and for the past few weeks, I know that on Father's Day, uh, Pastor Larry spoke, and then last week we weren't here. But before that, we had been involved in a series that we're continuing today. And the series title is Led by the Spirit. And today, the topic is Knowing the Holy Spirit as a Guide. The Holy Spirit is a Guide. For the past few weeks, we've been on the topic of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what does it mean for us to be Spirit-filled people, Pentecostal people, and how can the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead, how can He lead us and guide us in our everyday life? One important aspect that we've discussed is the empowerment of the Spirit, that, that when you encounter the Spirit... It's not just an isolated event. In in other words, I know that through the weeks we've had different people come at the end of the service and we've been praying for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been praying that you would come to know Jesus as your Savior. The Holy Spirit's at work in each of these things. But at times we can get to the place where we think that the Spirit's movement in our life is an event to event to event when honestly the Spirit wants to indwell us. And walk with us on a daily basis so that he can be working to transform us day by day. Now this verse that I'm about to read to you is not my text. But it just it, it provides for us a little understanding as Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And this is from the English Standard Version. We all with unveiled faces. And I love that part because it gives us the idea. How many of you know that when God looks at you, he sees the real you? We, we may wear veils and masks for people around us, but when God looks at us, He knows the real us. I'm so grateful that the God that knows me the best loves me the most. And so He approaches us, and we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In other words... When we engage in life with Christ, when we become a follower of Christ, there is a process that takes place that we each grow from. We grow from the aspect of of things in our life that the Lord begins to whittle away. How many of you know God's a pruner? He's a great gardener. And there's things within our life that He prunes. There's other things within our life that He begins to grow. And so there's this process that is at work within all of us. And here's where the process goes and here's what's taking place. At one time or another, every one of us started as an unbeliever. And perhaps you're here today, either in the sanctuary or perhaps you're watching online today, and you have never with your own lips invited Jesus to be your Savior. If so, then you're in the right place today because you're going to get that opportunity. But we all start this spiritual journey from a place of being outside the grace of God Then when we are introduced to Jesus, we step into that from an unbeliever into a believer. People who have received Christ as their Savior. In other words, we now have a belief system, but we haven't become learners yet of God's Word. So the behavior aspect of our life is still being sanctified, and God is still at work within us as we are growing in this knowledge of the belief system that we have in Jesus. We grow from there to then become disciples, Peoples who are adhering to the teaching and practicing. We're growing in Christ. We're demonstrating a lifestyle that corresponds with God's word to us. And then we grow from there into servant leaders. People who are now at a place where they are offering themselves their time, their energy, their their gifts to the Lord so that they can be used and involved in different aspects of church life and leadership. And then as you continue to mature, you, you grow to a place where you become a reproducer. People who mentor others through relationship to the point where they can become servant leaders. And so we are all on this journey at one place or another, every one of us in this room and every one of you that are watching online. And the goal for us is to continue to grow. If you can look back at a time in your life and recognize that you were closer to the Lord or more mature in the Lord than you are today, then at some point you came to a place where God was asking you to be obedient and you stepped off because he will constantly lead us into growth. He leads us in this journey by revealing to us the way that we should live, the what we should believe, and how we should practice that. And frankly, we get to this point sometimes and it seems daunting. It seems as if, you know... I feel like just giving up because I don't think I ever achieve what I'm after. I don't think that I ever get to that place where I'm incapable of producing in my own life enough willpower for me to grow in the Lord. And if that's you today, then I've got great news for you. And it's found in the book of John chapter 16. And let me invite you to turn to that if you would, please. In verses 7 through 13 of John chapter 16, But verily I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And then in verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. In other words, he's beginning to tell us there is a progressive nature to the Holy Spirit revealing things to us. How many of you know that you've been saved a long time? You know more about God now than you did when you started. So he's saying there's more truth to come. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Into all truth, he will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So, Father, as we dive into your word today, we recognize that each and every one of us are on an individual journey. And you know who we are, and you know where we are. You know what we need, and you know that you are the great provider. So I ask that you would take the word today and that you would divide it up and that individually each of us would be spiritually nourished and that you would lead us to places of greater growth. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that have known me any length of time or those of you that have ever looked into my office, you see that I love to hunt. I have deer and bear on my wall that each of them remind me of adventures and I ate every one of them. There was a time... A number of years ago when I was a much younger man that I was on a trip in Wyoming and uh, in a place that I didn't know where I was, so they provided a guide for me. And in the morning of the first day, we went out and we went to a place called Table Mountain in Wyoming. And he, the young man that was with me that day asked me, he said, are you an experienced hunter? And I said, I am. And he said, then here's what we're going to do. There's a trail right here. He said, it's six miles long. It will lead you to the other side of this mountain, and I will meet you at the end of the day at the end of this trail. If I hear you shoot, then I'll know something's going on and I'll come and find you. And he dropped me off on the trail, and so I walked on this trail, taking hours to get there. And at the end of the day, as the sun was setting, I got to what I thought was the end of the trail, and there was nobody there. I'm in the middle of Wyoming, in the middle of the mountains. And I'm getting thirsty. I've eaten all my sandwiches and drank all my water. And I was very disappointed that my guide who promised me that he would be there was not there. As the sun set, I began to try to make my way down the trail while there was a little bit of light just to get off the mountain and get to a flat place. And as I was coming down, I recognized that I saw lights on what appeared to be a dirt road out in the distance. And so to the best of my ability, I ran so that I could intercept this car, hoping it would be my guide looking for me. I jumped over a barbed wire fence and jumped into the middle of this dirt road right in front of the truck and waved my hand so it was either going to hit me or stop. It was not my guide. I scared the guy to death. I explained to him my situation and told I was dropped off at a trail six miles away. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I'm looking for, but this is the organization I'm with. And he goes, oh, I know where they are. Jump in the truck and I'll take you. Dropped me off there only to find out that the young man that was supposed to be my guide, it was his first day on the job, And he showed up at the end of the trail, and when I wasn't there, he thought I got a ride with somebody else, and he went home. That was his one and only day of being a guide. But it dawned on me as I was out there thirsty, lost in the dark, not knowing where I am, that there are times in our spiritual life where we all feel lost. Doesn't matter how long you've known the Lord. There are times when you feel I'm in a situation in the darkness and I don't know what's happening around me. And it's in those moments of time that we can rely on the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to be our guide regardless of what we face in life. And there are three things that this scripture highlights that I just want to briefly touch on this morning. The promise of a guide, the process of guidance, and our participation with the guides. Starts out by promising us a guide. In John 16, 13, this is what Jesus said. But when he, he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Did you know that we are each born with a nature to know truth? How many of you are curious people? How many of you, your curiosity has led you to places you should not go? How come there were more people that raised their hand then than the first question I asked? I believe that that curiosity that we have is a God-designed aspect for us to pursue knowledge and to pursue truth. The curiosity, having been sanctified by the Spirit, brings us to a place where we grow hungry to know more about God and know more about His Word. But there is a difference between being provided a guide and being given guidance. Let me illustrate. One night I was with several youth pastors, and we were going to Peru, and we were going to be leading a crusade in the back country of Peru. We were on a small plane, and it was at night, and as we were flying in, we discovered as we banked around the top of this mountain that there were campfires all over the top of this little mountain. We were close enough that we could speak to the pilot, and and we asked, what's this all about? He goes, oh, those campfires show me where the runway is in the middle of the night, I said, What? He said, I know that I just have to stay between the campfires and I will hit the runway. He did hit the runway. I'm grateful for that to this day. May not have been a smooth hit, but it was a hit. I also remember the joy of getting off that airplane and recognizing that the missionary that was supposed to meet us was there. You see, I knew where I was. I knew what country I was in. I even knew what region I was in, but I had no idea exactly how to get around there without a guide. There's a lot of people that will tell you what to do. A lot of people that will tell you where to go. But I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit is a guide that says, I will meet you where you are. And I will walk you where you need to go. And I will be with you forever. My experiences with good guides has taught me, the guides that are worth following possessed a couple of important qualities. Number one, they know where they're going. Have any of you been with somebody that thought they knew where they were going? There's a lot of heads bobbing, Yes. You see, a good guide has been there before. They know the destination. They know the best route to get there. And they know the conditions that are needed for you to get there. When it comes to your life, how grateful are we to know that the Holy Spirit that creates your tomorrow knows what it holds? As a result of that, there's never a time in our life when we are walking with God, when we're engaged in a faith walk with Him, that He says, oops, I didn't see that coming. Because He's the creator of what our tomorrows hold. And so a good guy knows where he is going. He leads us. In fact, it's so personal in its nature that in Psalm 32, 8, this is what it's described as. I will instruct you. Do you see? He's not just looking at you from afar, but he's engaged in your life. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. Oh, how wonderful it is to know that I have a God that is deeply involved. In the everyday aspect of my life and knows where he's going. A good God also knows who they're leading. Let me put it this way. Being that the Holy Spirit knows you, knows your abilities, he knows your interests, he knows what you're capable of, he knows your temperament, he knows what ticks you off, he knows what brings you joy, He knows what he wants to bring out of you. And knowing all of these things, each of you are given a path that will be unique from anybody else's path because the Holy Spirit is leading you in a way that you need to be led. It's important for you to recognize this. The journey that you see others on is not the journey the Spirit's leading you on. There are times when we can grow frustrated Because it seems as if I would rather be on the journey they're on. I would rather be heading to that destination or I would rather be doing that than the journey that I'm on. But let me tell you something. We all spiritually mature at different rates. The fruit that God is producing in your life is going to be unique to you. And so the way he leads you with a deep understanding of your nature, of your culture, of your attitudes, of your giftings is going to be different than anybody else. So quit comparing your life to everybody else. Because the uniqueness of the way the Spirit leads you will be different because he's making you into something different than he's making everybody else. But that's the kind of guide, the Holy Spirit. Nobody understands your abilities, capabilities, and what lies within you more than him. And then he goes on to tell us this, that he is ever present with us. He's a constant tutor. He will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. How many of you have felt alone at times, even spiritually? Because we know that our feelings lie to us. The reality of our faith indicates that he is always with us. But then there's this fascinating thing within the scripture that deserves our attention. When the scripture says that he's going to lead us and guide us, it says, into all truth. That would infer to me that it's possible for men and women to be led to truth, but not step into it. Now, I'm a farmer kid. I remember leading cattle to water and horses to water. You couldn't make them drink, but you could get them there. I believe that there are times in our life when God wants to do something in our life and he will lead us to the truth, but it will be by your own choice whether or not you enter into it or not. And as a result of that, some of you have capped your ability to grow in the Lord because there's a truth that he's leading you into and you're digging in your heels because you don't know what's on the other side of that. He can be trusted. The Spirit knows what He wants to do in you. And so when you're being led by the Spirit, understand that He loves you and desires to lead you into growth. Charles Spurgeon said this, a Christian should do this with the truth as a snail does with its shell. Live inside of it and carry it on his back. If we're to navigate life in a way that we allow the Spirit of God to lead us, to grow us, to mature us, then we need to claim the promise of the Holy Spirit as a personal guide so that we can enjoy this journey that he's leading us on. Secondly, there's the process of guidance. There are many people who are saying, I would love to be led in my life by the guide of the Holy Spirit, but I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know how to practice that. I don't even know, as I'm looking at other people, what that might look like for them. So let me give you several things that might offer you some help in the area of the guidance that we desperately need. Number one, the Holy Spirit guides us when we read the Bible. Jesus told his followers that he would guide them into all truth. That statement by its very nature, indicates to me that sometimes truth may be hard to find. Have any of you ever been in a situation where you're presented with options and you're looking and everything looks good and you're going, Lord, I don't even know what the truth is here. Maybe you're in a place where you have to make a decision and people are telling you different things and, and, and the truth seems so difficult to discover in that moment. This is why the Holy Spirit says, I will speak to you from the inside, prompting you from the inside, guiding you from the inside, and I will lead you into what is truth so that you will know those things. It's in the process. Here's one of the things I love about it all. One of the things God does for us is that he reveals to us his word. In fact, the Bible is the only book that you can read that every time you read it, the author shows up to tell you what it means. The only book. The Holy Spirit, when you open His Word, begins to do a work in your mind and in your heart. And many of you have have shared this testimony that, you know, before I knew the Lord, the Bible was a boring book. After He came into my life, suddenly life is exploding from the pages as God begins to reveal these things to me. Not only does He reveal His Word, but He also reminds us of His Word. John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that I have said. Now, how many of you that have had an experience with Christ for any length of time have ever had a situation in your life where you were faced and I don't know what to do and suddenly the Lord began to bring back to your memory a verse that you have read? Or direction that he has given to you through the word and suddenly it was as if the Lord is speaking to you. That comes back to your memory. You feel a direction and you're able to follow it. Any of you ever experienced that where God reminded you of a truth at just the moment that you needed it? Here's the interesting thing about that. God can't remind you of something you never learned in the first place. We have a lot of Christians that believe that this is all the spiritual food they need. Just a Sunday morning. I may be watching online. I want you to know something. You'll starve to death spiritually unless you are constantly feeding yourself the word. God can't lead you and guide you and remind you if you don't know it in the first place. But he will bring back to your memory. Another way that the, this process of guidance works within our life is that the Holy Spirit guides us through godly people. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there's victory. Proverbs twelve fifteen said, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Now, I have discovered in my life, and Cindy and I both feel this way, that we rarely make major decisions, whether they're personal decisions, financial decisions, ministry decisions, without discussing it with godly people who know us, godly people that we trust so that we can hear from them. Nobody is going to make a decision for you, but let me tell you something. If you seek the input of wise, godly people, they will keep you from headache and heartache. Because they can advise you well in all of that. So, let me offer you some practical advice in how do you seek somebody who you would consider to be a counselor to you. Number one, I would ask this question. Are they spiritually mature? If you ask your three-year-old for advice, you're going to get three-year-old advice. And they may advise you from their lack of maturity. I would seek those who have... Some years and experience to them who have a different perspective on things as you're asking them and asking them to give you advice as it relates to their maturity. Secondly, I would ask this what is their reputation of the individual? Are they an individual who I can trust what they say based on the fact that they are living what they are advising? I would ask this will they keep confidences? People that can't keep confidences are not other people's mentors for very long because nobody will tell them anything. Do most people acknowledge this individual's integrity? Do they have a track record of advising and counseling the right way? Is he or she mature enough to disagree with what I may want to do and tell me the truth even if it hurts? Have I allowed them a place in my life where if I'm going to them, and sometimes we do this, we know in our mind what we want to do already, and we go to them and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. And that individual might say, I think that's a bad idea. Have you considered this? And we don't want to be told those things. Do they have the ability to love you enough to correct you and even hurt you, and you still respect them? You might want to consider what previous advice have they given that's worked out. Or what experience does this person have with the issue of hand? So, for those of you that are parents, asking somebody who doesn't have children for parental advice might not be your best direction. You might want to know somebody who's got some experience in that. And then, how well does the person that you're allowing into your life, how well do they know you? Do they know your natural proclivities? Do they know the way that you would naturally work and the things that naturally uh, would lead you? Do they know your heart well enough to know that if you were left on your own, that this is what you would do? Are they working within those things? And then do they know your strengths and weaknesses? You see, when we're asking the Holy Spirit to guide us through the experiences of godly people, you're going to want to know these things before you just go to anybody. And say, would you please be an advisor in my life? And then the Holy Spirit will also speak to you and guide you through personal promptings. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit says yes and no and wait? There's this yes part, which we really like. I love when the Spirit says, yes. I've also had as many times when the Spirit said, no, 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 no. And it shows up as a check in our spirit. That's the way we call it. Even though something may look right, and it may look good, there's something inside of us that begins just to, it's like the brakes grinding, and you're going, I don't understand all of this, but I know something's not right. And that's the spirit giving you a check to just stop. And sometimes the spirit says, not now. And I believe that as we grow in the Lord, begin to recognize this. I want to read you a story where this happened to somebody named Tony Campolo. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him, but I, I want to just read you a story that he wrote that illustrated how the Spirit of God worked with him one day. He said, there was a Pentecostal college near where I teach. One day they invited me to come and speak at their chapel service. He goes, I like speaking there because they are dynamic, they're happy people, and I like to be around them. Just before I spoke... Eight guys took me into a back room behind the chapel to pray for me. They asked that I kneel down, and all eight of them laid hands on my head. It was good. I needed all the prayer that I could get. What was bad is that they prayed a long time. And the longer they prayed, the more weight they put on my head. Eight guys leaning on your head does not feel good. One of the eight guys wasn't even praying for me, he kept shouting. Oh, dear Lord, you know Charlie Stoltfus. You know this man. God, you've got to help Charlie. Charlie lives in a small trailer down the road about a mile on the right-hand side. Lord, you know Charlie told me this morning that he was leaving his wife and three kids. He told me he was walking out on his family. Lord, step in and do something in Charlie Stoltfus' life. Bring him back to his family. And he said, the other seven guys are praying for me, and this guy's yelling this. All the while, eight heavy hands laying upon my head. And I'm asking myself, when is this guy gonna shut up? I'm supposed to preach in a couple of minutes, and he keeps going on and on and on about Charlie Stoltfuss and his family, who lives a mile down the road in a silver trailer on the right hand side, leaving his wife and three kids. Finally, they finished. I went in, I preached the service. And at the end of the service, I jumped in my car and started driving on the turnpike. And as I got to the turnpike, I noticed a hitchhiker. Now, I know you're not supposed to pick him up, but he says, I'm a preacher. And the idea of traveling 65 miles an hour down the highway with somebody locked in my car where all I can do is tell them about Jesus appeals to me. So I stopped, opened the door. This man jumps in the car with me. It was quiet for a few miles. And finally, I said, hey my name's Tony Campolo, what's yours? And he says, my name is Charlie Stolfus. I couldn't believe it, he said. So I took the next exit, got off, turned around, started driving back the way I came. And Charlie said, I uh, begin to grow nervous. He says, where are you taking me, Tony? And Tony said, I'm taking you home. He goes, well, why would you do that? He goes, because Charlie, you just walked out on your wife and left your three kids at home, didn't you? By now he's scared to death. He said, he is leaning against his door, can't, if the window would have opened on this cold day, he would have jumped out. And he goes, how did you know that? I said, because God told me today. He said, I got to the road and I turned off, drove right to his trailer. He said, then he really turned pale. How did you know where I lived? I told you. God told me. Now, Charlie, you get out of this car. He goes, the man grabbed the handle, jumps out of the car, and as soon as he did, the door of the trailer opens, and his wife and three kids come running out yelling, Dad, and hugging him, and he begins to whisper some things in his wife's ear, and her eyes get big. He says, I was getting ready to drive off when the Lord says, No, 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 you're not done yet. So I got out of the car, and I said, Both of you sit down on the steps of your trailer. I've got something to tell you. He said, that afternoon, I led two people to Jesus Christ. By the way, Charlie Stoltzfus is a preacher today in California. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit, when he's leading us and guides us, speaks to us through promptings and divine encounters. Sometimes he speaks to us with inner stirrings. Sometimes he speaks to us through dreams and visions and prophetic words. But what's important is that we test every one of those things against the word of God to make sure that it doesn't contradict something God has already said in his word because his word is the ultimate authority, not our experience. And so in first Thessalonians chapter five, verses 19 through 22, it says, do not put out the spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Do you notice that there's a healthy balance here? Don't quench the spirit, but test everything that anybody says that they are being used in the spirit for. How many of you know that we could be used in the spirit, but because we are earthly human vessels, we can get it wrong from time to time? As a result of that, that's why we constantly test things against the Word because the Word doesn't get it wrong. So, Lord, in our human flesh, we might feel prompted, but we may say something wrong. We may say something that's not quite accurate, but your Word holds the boundaries for those things for us. And as a result of that, then we can also understand and add this element in. Sometimes God speaks to us through circumstances. How many of you experienced God closing a door in your life? How many of you have experienced God opening a door that you didn't expect in your life? I would caution you in this. I've had a number of people through the years sit down with me and say, you know, these are the circumstances of my life, so God must be telling me this. And and here's generally the way that looks. You know, I started to run into some difficulties, and as a result of that, I I don't think that's the will of God, because if it's the will of God, there are some people that teach and believe that if God's leading you into something, it will always be smooth, and that it will always be easy, and if they run into an obstacle, or they run into people that maybe stand against them, that they say, oh, that means God's closing that door. That's not necessarily true. We know that from Scripture. Scripture. Because we know that the disciples were obeying Jesus when they got into the boat and they rode right into a storm. But the storm was the will of God. And so if they had looked at that and said, this is not the will because we've run into a storm. Let's, let's turn around and go back. They would have missed out on something. The other side of that is this. Jonah was running from God when he ran into a storm. So the circumstances of our life are not always the best way of determining whether or not God is leading, but it could be one of the elements that needs to add up. And so the circumstances, as you were looking at what is God doing and how is he leading me, are like runway lights at an airport. They must line up with a number of other factors before they can be fully trusted. Lastly, in worship team, if you'd please come. We have to participate with the guide if we want the Holy Spirit's guidance in every decision and every detail of our life, we need to do two things. Number one, we have to ask for it. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. This morning as I was walking back and forth, praying as the worship team before the first service was preparing, I I was asking God for wisdom today. It's been one of those weeks where you look back at it and you're going, Lord, can you just make sure that my attitude has been cleansed today? Can you just cleanse my heart and prepare me? Lord, I know some things that are coming up and decisions that need to be made I want to be qualified to hear your voice so can you just clean me so that whatever you speak just reverberates with truth in me and here's what we discover as we're walking with the Lord is he is as close as the mention of his name and when you ask he responds that's part of the joy of being in relationship with him and so we have to ask but here's the other part The Holy Spirit will not force His guidance on us, but He will give it to those who desire it. And when He does, you must act on it. You ask for it, and then you have to act on it. Romans chapter 12, and I conclude with this verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. In other words, allowing the Spirit to lead us and guide us in life is an act of worship to the Lord. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this message is for you regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey. If you're an unbeliever, in just a moment we're going to give you an opportunity to step into the joy of relationship. If you're a new believer, you're going to begin to grow. This is the way the Spirit leads His church and the Spirit leads His people. The joy of being Spirit-led. Would you stand with me as we sing this morning? if you would please come and prepare yourself to pray our deacons if you would please come your spouses with you please today I don't know where you are in the journey but I know that the word was applicable to you today being led by the spirit if you're here today and you have never had the opportunity of coming to know Jesus personally then In just a moment, we're going to sing this course again, and I'd like you just to step out of where you are and come and have have one of our elders and deacons pray for you. They're going to lead you to Jesus Christ, the first step of being led by the Spirit. What will happen within you is that the Lord is going to take all of those things which you are guilty about and shamed about, and He's going to wash them away, and He's going to make you a brand-new creature, And what you will see happening after that is the ears of your heart will be attuned to listen to him because in being a brand new creature, he makes you available to hear what he wants to say to you. There are some of you that have entered into this relationship with Christ, but you have just stayed at the first stage of just being a believer. You you have a belief system, but your, your behaviors and your activities have not reflected that which you are proclaiming to be. And the Lord today wants to lead you into greater growth. Some of you are at places where you're ready to be released into the ministries of the church and different things and and you're you're waiting to see where am I going to go. You're going to hear more about that very shortly. But there's a process of growth that God is bringing us all on in this journey. And we are led by His Spirit because He will not leave us alone and He won't leave you alone on a mountain. He knows what He wants to do. He knows how he wants to do it. Your journey will look different than anyone else's because he's making you to be fruitful in your own way. And if you would like somebody to pray with you about your journey today, then when we sing, would you just step out of the aisle and just begin to come? This is, by the way, for those of you that are guests, this is natural for us, responding to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. This is a natural part of the life of our church and so please don't feel embarrassed don't feel called out This is the way we do things because we know God is dealing with our heart He's knocking and we're going to answer If you feel that you must go if you've got a picnic planned and you've got to to do the cooking and and you feel you need to go Then in just a moment. I'm going to pray and then you can be dismissed But if you feel God wants to do something in your life, then please let somebody join you on that So Lord There may be those that are watching online today that are sitting in their own living rooms or wherever they may be and they're just feeling the knocking of the door as the Spirit of God is addressing their life. Today, Lord, would you gather those men and women and boys and girls, and would you let them know that all they have to do is say, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Would you just come into my life and change who I am into something brand new? and that you will relieve them of the guilt of their sin and shame because you died to take that away there are others Lord that are stuck in certain places of growth because of things that are happening in their life and some of them have been led to the church but they haven't stepped into it yet today would you lead us into the truth and not just to the door but may we submit to you as a trusted guide Father, there may be other people that are just locked in decisions and trying to determine what the truth is has been difficult. But because you lead and guide into all truth, we're going to obey you and trust you, and we're going to ask for the wisdom that you said that you would give to us. As we celebrate our nation's independence, may we likewise celebrate the fact that you are a God who walks with us every step of the way. And we give you praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name. Amen.